I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank, 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 Skimmer, Frank Skimmer, Absolute Radio. Guess what? What? No, guess what? 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 This is the Not The Weekend podcast with um, Frank Skinner. Hello, Mr. Radio. The Governor. Alan Cochran. <laughs> the Cockerel. And, um, Holly Walsh. I thought you were going to get friend of the show there. No, I think she's gone beyond that now. Friend <laughs> of the show, let's face it. It hasn't, not far enough. It's that, that, that limbo when you're too, too in to be a friend of the show, but not quite far enough in to get your own jingle. Oh. She looks solid now. <laughs> Sobbing gently. So, could, could that be my jingle? Just a really quiet sob. <laughs> <laughs> and Holly Walsh. <laughs> it's a thought, yeah. Okay, let's do it. I went to uh, renew my driving license, by the way, uh, the other day, and uh, the post office. I had to have my photo taken. And uh, the man behind the counter had got two enormous skull rings. You know, like he might be involved in some sort of cult satanic group yeah and i i love it when um what what fingers were they on what's like what well, no they, they were like wedding they were quite um i i i can't remember now what they were on but they, you know he's you know when he's get sometimes when you, you come in touch with someone who's wearing the suit and tie because they have to oh, but yeah. there's things like the ponytail and the tattoos and the rings and you think mm-hmm. You don't ever dress like this in your normal life. You're a crazy demon-worshipping heavy metal enthusiast. A friend of a friend is mm. a horologist, which is a clock expert. Oh, yes. And he has a very tiny, thin tattoo that comes up the back of his neck, just a l- long line. Is it, is it a second hand? <laughs> <laughs> and when he takes his... And he has to wear a sort of suit all the time. When he takes it off, he's got a full longustine on his back. Has he really? And what is, is that just like one of its antennae sticking yeah, up? Yeah, it's a full... Like, it wraps around his ribcage and everything. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I've slaughtered a longustine as part of a cookery course I did with uh, Raymond Blanc. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to kill a longustine and also um, a horse. <laughs> I had to kill a horse with a lomp hammer. And what did you use for the longustine? A toffee hammer? No, I just use my bare hands. <laughs> what? How do you kill a longwisting? You pull the back off it, basically, I think, and it has a heart attack. You don't just fling <laughs> them in water, like No, there's a strong sense of pulling its trousers down. <laughs> but I think some of it's in... I mean, it was looking back, I'm, I'm not too happy about it, but we had to do it as part of the course. Yeah. Is that one of your That's biggest regrets? I think it's the biggest regret of my life that yeah, I allowed Raymond orders. Blanc to use me as an angel of death. <laughs> you know Raymond Blanc's name is in English? Ray White. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Hashtag. <laughs> and now it's time for The Very Hungry Englishman with Ray White. <laughs> it wouldn't work at all, would it? I think I killed a, a white ray as well. What, what's a white ray? 
You know, like a rat, you know, those fishies, those big fish. flat fishies. I'm scared of that. That's what I've got a phobia about those. They're like the duvets of the sea. Ugh. I know what you mean. <laughs> they freak me out. I, That's what I'm scared of. That's what I do. I touched one at the... You know the touching pool at the London Aquarium? No. Yeah, you can... T- children <laughs> love it. You take <laughs> is them... Is it like in. a petting pool? <laughs> yeah, it is. So you can stroke the, the fish and that in there. And there was a ray in there. And I was with a small child, and obviously he was very keen to to, uh, to touch this ray. That's like the main centrepiece. The other things are quite small little fish. So uh, the ray was going in the opposite direction, so I just grabbed one of its um, floppy fins and, and pulled it back. And the woman said to me, oh, oh, don't, can, you not, can you not pull the ray back? Because sometimes they just, you know, pieces of them just come away in their hand. And I thought, <laughs> I wouldn't like to have done that in front of the small child. <laughs> oh, I've pulled the side off a ray. <laughs> so I hate it when that happens. I love the idea of this ray trying to move <laughs> Move away from you, and all you could do is just reach out. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was there to be touched. That's the deal that the yeah. kids get to touch yeah, the I ray. I bet the ray hasn't consented to it. Well, then it shouldn't be in there. Well, it doesn't want to be. That's the whole point. If it had, uh, if it had signed something, that would. I don't know what tog it was. You'd think a good sturdy tog would have. Uh, <laughs> do this. Yeah, you'd have thought that you couldn't have pulled if it was a 24 tog. You couldn't pull the side off it. No, not certainly not if it had momentum. You'd be dragging it. It'd be like a tug of war. Yeah, a tug of war. <laughs> no, it had some momentum. It's not a big pull. It couldn't. I, I wouldn't say it was. It could build up steam in there. Oh, right. Maybe when you've got the swimming conquered, you could get in there. Are you allowed in? Are, are no, you can't in? actually get in. Oh. Unless it, the only way I could do it is to swim under a very big ray and hope I wasn't spotted. <laughs> What's happened to me? When you said you can't get in, there was a bit of me that was thinking, health and safety gone mad. Eh? What <laughs> yeah. have they done to the world? What's happened to me? If, I, like that. if I swam under a very big ray, I imagine my girlfriend would also swim over it and pull most of it over to her side. <laughs> <laughs> That's who they are with the rays. Um, <laughs> what was we talking about? Oh, I tell you, uh, something else I, I saw this week. Which will uh, which will leave you on the seat of your pants. Hey. Um, is I was in my flat and I looked through the window, and in another uh, flat in my block, I could see uh, Duncan Ballantyne. Bannertine? Is that what he's called? Ban- I could see him. Bannertine. Bannertine. I could. Uh, <laughs> it's Bannertine. Is this a story? <laughs> yeah. Is this a story actually about a, a non-celeb? <laughs> Yeah, Ballantine. Called, yeah. called Duncan Ballantine. <laughs> so, it's Bannertine, is it's it? Bannertine. He has gone is to like some trouble to make. He has gone to some <laughs> trouble to make you aware of his name by calling his chain of gyms Bannertines and his hotels okay. Bannertines. Okay, well I thought being... it was Bannertine. You have met him, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. do, 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 Wouldn't do. it been great Bannertine. if when I killed that horse that uh, M- M- Michel <laughs> Blanc, no Raymond Blanc, could put on its hammer? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And he doubled so up with um, with a black beauty. Da-na. Anyway, so I saw Duncan Bannertine uh-huh. being uh, measured up for a for a suit and with like a posh one of those tailors that you never see anymore. They put the tape around the uh, around oh, the neck. Yeah. And uh, I was looking up from my window at uh, at the Bannertine measuring, and uh, I was playing ukulele. At the same time, so I stood in the window um, playing playing the uke while he was measured. I thought we've become um, showbiz cliches, Duncan and I. 
our home life is exactly what people expect. Yeah, yeah. You're playing George Foreman. <laughs> but it was quite exciting to see, because he was... Uh, Did he it, look it, down at you? Well, I was worried that he might look down, and so I, I stood slightly back from the window and went into peeping Tom mode. What a, stalker's mode. What was yeah. he wearing, though? I mean, if he's being measured for a suit, was he in a suit, or was he in no, boxer it, shorts and a string vest, as I'm picturing him? He was in... A silk um, kimono. ...an official... Olympic swimming leotard. <laughs> um, where he'd got that from, I don't know. Probably from his gym. They'd probably get a few advanced copies. No, he was just in, you know, trousers and dress shirt. <laughs> Not dress. Dress shirt. <laughs> but he looked at... I got the feeling that this... You know, why was the man at his flat? Why didn't he go into the shop, obviously? You know. He's a busy man. You reach a level where they just come round your house and measure you. It's like measure. Alan Partridge being allowed in Dixon's when it's shut, isn't it? Like, sort of Did that happen? Did you um, know that time. he was your neighbour? Yes. Um, he once, actually, um, he, uh, I met him in the foyer and uh, we shook hands and uh, talked about show business. It's an incredibly show business story, this, that you can see through flats and, and see people being tailored. The nearest I've got, I live in Manchester and I'm a bit more uh, earthy than you, I think it could be said. Like, I occasionally see people trying a shell suit on in JJB's or something like that, well, walking past. Elton John. <laughs> yeah. What is it with Elton Before John and the shell suit? He's a very, very rich man, and yet he, he really likes a shell he suit. He thinks he's in The Sopranos, that's what happens. You get to the other end <laughs> and you just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to really relax now. It's just that if Elton John is entering a room, I want to hear... <laughs> it's Sir Elton John. What I don't want to hear is... <laughs> <laughs> As his as his chubby thighs rub together, <laughs> I don't want that. But why does he wear the shell suit? Often he wear a, quite a white one, and so you know he doesn't even try and go subtle. <laughs> anyway, I my thing is I um I tell you what I've what I've come to in in later life what I've uh, come to do is that if I hear sometimes in the night you hear a blood curdling scream yeah where I live and not uh, quite near uh, the uh, house of. Commons. <laughs> yeah. Um, London, just general London. Yeah, so I, I hear, like, you know, what could be distress, is what I'm saying. And one could argue that what I should do is uh, is I should, you know, go out and make sure everything's OK, or at least look through the window, call, call the police or something. What I usually do is I make a mental note of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Yeah, I think 4.14... So if they say to me, did you hear anything on the night of the murder, I can say 4.14 and that'll help them in I, their inquiry. Also, if I see a um, car driving off in a sort of suspicious manner, I try and remember the last three letters of the um, mm. number Alphabet. plates. Alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> X, W, ah. Do you do that? Yeah. Well? You're an, well, that's moving into the area of amateur sleuth. <laughs> That's what I'd say. <laughs> They're often together, those words, aren't they? Amateur sleuth. When you said amateur, I knew sleuth was coming. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, sleuth's sleuth. such a lovely word, though. It's great, it? yeah, yeah. Do you um, have neighbourhood watch? Do you have some sort of neighbourhood monitoring I imagine system? there's staff for that, isn't there? No, well, the thing is, you see, that the it's my flat at the front is very nice, and at the back it's a, it's a, it's a dark nether world. <laughs> so that's where, the, that's where the screams come from at night. The back so, of your flat. Yeah, so not not the back of my flat. <laughs> the back of my flats. 
<laughs> the back, if I had a screen from the back of my flat, I'd be distressed. <laughs> exactly. Did you you, not just you check remember the time. <laughs> 4.14 in the bathroom. <laughs> must remember. <laughs> right, off to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, so I don't, I don't go and investigate. But um, I've seen, I did once see from my, my flat, um, well, a, a couple in, in, in completely uh, in, in the act. I saw that. I saw that on the top of a bus. On the top, of, uh, ha- happened on the top of a bus or from or the top of a bus? Top. No, I was on the. It wasn't on the top of a bus. It was on the top deck of a bus. Okay, it but was, it was happening. It, it was, was happening, and this is. Bus. It was at night. Was it open topped? Huh? Was, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it was at night. I was the only person on the top deck, sitting right at the front, like I own the bus. You know that feeling. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> sitting at the back. Do you, ever, do you ever do like, just a little bit of mime driving always, yeah, always. when you're sitting yeah. at the front? I, I, don't, I don't steer so much now, but I do occasionally change gear in that front seat. Uh, it's an amazing feeling. That's when you feel like you've really made it. But I do worry there isn't a seatbelt that, on that seat. Surely everything about the seatbelt law tells you that there should be seatbelts on the front seat of the top deck of a bus. Mm. Carry on. So, um... It was dark, obviously lit up within the bus. Mm. So it, it made the whole of the front um, window like a giant mirror. Oh, uh, yeah. So I was innocently sitting there while the couple at the back mm, were... Um, yeah. Less innocently. Yes. Less yeah. innocently sitting there. Yes. Were they sitting? They didn't lie what? down. No, they, they were both sitting. Mm-hmm. OK, let's not go into anyway. detail. <laughs> <laughs> and I could watch it all. Really? Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> That's what that... You know that big mirror? You know that big circular mirror at the front? That's that's so the driver could watch it as well. Everyone knew it was happening. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. I was being really British about it, thinking, I don't want to... I don't want to embarrass them by looking like I've noticed and leave. Mm. So I just stuck it out. Did you? (laughs) Well, I... um, Did that help? (laughs) I, uh... Yeah, I, I used to live in Coventry, of course, which is the home. The historical home of Peeping Tom. Is it? Yeah, Peeping Tom. Is that Tom. G- Godiva? Yeah, because when Lady Godiva went past, I think the deal was that Lady Godiva said to her husband, um, I can't remember what she was after, but she said, if you do blah, blah, I'll drive, I'll write, I'll drive, I'll, uh, I'll ride, I'll, I'll drive through Coventry on, on a Segway PT, naked. <laughs> no, I'll drive through uh, Coventry on a horse, naked. And so he did it, and then she um, told everyone that they had to... Um, no-one could look, and they had to shut everything up, so no-one saw her. And then Peeping Tom, I think he drilled a hole in one of his shutters and, uh, <laughs> and he, so he could watch her go past. An early peephole. Yeah. This is where you get the saying, you know, that Channel 4 have ma- made a hole-in-the-shutters documentary. About, uh, I've never heard that saying. No, I made that up. <laughs> it's better s- than fly on the wall, isn't it? Because um, there are flies on the wall, but do they really pay attention? Also, if it's a fly on the wall documentary, you'd need several pictures all mixed up together, like they used to do on top of the pops. Yeah, yeah you're right. We used to sing. I used to sing a song at school about um, Lady Godiva. Is it one that you could sing? Galloping Godiva was a bl- brave and plucky dame. Nudity and nakedness, the essence of her fame. Riding Hold on, were, were, you, were you taught by Richard Stilgo? <laughs> <laughs> riding for a dare, riding into Coventry, stuck naked in the square. Galloping, galloping. Yes, OK. <laughs> Brilliant. Did you write it yourself? 
Yeah, I've since written another one about the top deck of a bus. <laughs> yes. Or oh, don't sing that. No, <laughs> There's something exciting, though, about seeing someone when you're not seeing yourself. I mean, you know, Ballantyne. What's he yeah. called again? Bannertime. Yeah, Bannertime. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the beauty of Bannertime. television, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't look that's true, I you. could have just watched him on Dragon's Day, looking yeah. back. He's actually uh, responsible for the funniest I've ever been to my wife. And I'm not saying that this is funny, no. but she found it funny. Okay. She was eating a marmalade cake at the time. A marmalade um, cake? I've never heard of that. It was nice. Sounds delish. I, uh, I remember because I made her laugh so much that she got a little bit of um, crumb stuck at the back and that she couldn't get it out for days. She was going, it's still stuck in there. Oh, dear. And... Uh, we were watching Dragon's Den, and I was airing my theory that I think a good product on Dragon's Den would be the driving nappy, a nappy that you can wear whilst doing long drives so that you don't have to pull into the motorway. Mm. I then said, I reckon Bannertime would go for it. I reckon he'd say, I've actually got a haulage company, and when my drivers stop for a job, they're not making me money. I'm in. And it ended her. It's the funniest I've ever been <laughs> really? in ten years of marriage. Honestly. A, not the, marriage, but ten years of a relationship. There was a really weird story in the paper a few years ago about an astronaut who went to oh, yeah, murder yeah. another astronaut yeah, who was having an affair. Nappy, yeah, and yeah. she drove across the whole of America in one go mm. and she never stopped because she had all the food and drink she needed and a makeshift nappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what I didn't get about that story she wore a nasa nappy in fact which is what astronauts oh, wear so that yeah. they they don't have to uh, but it said that it was something like a thousand mile journey and she didn't have to stop to go to the toilet but how big was her petrol tank that she could do that non-stop perhaps she had a uh, bmw 320 diesel <laughs> well i don't think with stop start technology <laughs> she may have, she could have used a stingray as well would have been another solution instead of a nappy Stingray? <laughs> Just a ray. Okay. <laughs> like a duvet. Like a duvet. A do-ray. I understand. <laughs> I don't know what do you mean, and just wee into it. Just wrap it around you like a Wee into nappy. a ray? Is that what you're suggesting <laughs> she should do? She should wee into a ray? And that would make it all right to go and kill somebody? <laughs> no way. Joe say. <laughs> As, uh, as they say in the Mourinho... No Ray uh, Jose. <laughs> OK, I'll settle for that. On the subject of Dragon's Den, I don't know if you've seen that story, that uh, one of the guys that was on Dragon's Den got some money out of um, Theo Pafitis and uh, Peter Jones. Bannertine is not in this story. Oh, OK. Oh, this but, is uh, the sat ski, isn't it? They stumped up 230 grand or something, and the guy hasn't seemed to have developed the product. It seems that he's blown it on a luxury lifestyle. Well, we don't know that for sure, but there's allegations, certainly. It seems. I mean, maybe he's got a sat ski, but he's, he's, he's meant to have gone to court and he hasn't. I'd, I've never skied, um, but I imagine that... Um, isn't it just down? Don't you just go down? Why do you need a sat-nav It is skiing? one of those... I, I've only skied once and I didn't like it. Um, and, and, yeah, I agree. It's either up or down, isn't it? I've only skied uh, in Wales in a um, dry slope skiing and you didn't... You, knew you find the you, bottom all right? You knew where you were every step of that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or every slip. Every slide of that way, you knew yeah, where you were. no steps. So, so what do they do? Why do they need that? Is that to find your way to the... Uh... I think it's when people go off, off-piste. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what they When do. they go off-piste, OK, fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. 
I, it doesn't, doesn't seem like sense. it's worth all that, does it? But maybe they know more about these things than we do. I would love it. You know how sometimes they do behind the scenes with Dragon's Den? I think they should get a big spreadsheet. I know it's not interesting TV, but I would be interested. And showed all the things that they'd invested in and all the returns they'd got for it and how much money they'd actually lost. Because you never see what happens afterwards. They only show you a few success stories. I bet you 85% of them fail. No, yes. surely not. Yeah. Well, one or two of the things that they've said no to have done really well, haven't they? I like that when that happens. When like they say, "Oh no, no, they'll buy this," and then you see them in the high street. Double glazing, I think they they turn that. Did down. they turn double glazing down? Yeah. They turned down those little children's suitcases with wheels, didn't they? The yeah, trunkies, the wheels. They yeah. turned those down, and they're immensely popular. One yeah. one thing they turned down that I would definitely have television. I think they turned that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The bag, the bag, they turned down the bag. Oh no, I turned it down when they came on. (laughs) (laughs) I remember now. They turned down the the bag. The bag, you'd think, you know, the bag. Yeah. It's very famous, isn't it, the bag. When people talk about sliced bread being the most amazing invention, I do think you're overlooking the bag. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's really useful, isn't it? But is that an invention or a discovery? Because we, we have various, you know, there are bags in nature. Whereas pouch. there are like a pouch, pouch and a joey. But I suppose an orange is like a, a an early prototype for sliced bread. <laughs> that is true. Mm. Yeah, I was I was really disappointed when I first saw Dragons Den. I really hoped it was going to be Leslie Grantham doing a big Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons program. She never used to do that Fort Boyard. Oh yeah, like it, it was based on a sort of it was like an oil rig with with dwarfs running around it really quickly. And it is a real island, isn't it? Is it well, is it island? an island, or is it a... It looked like some sort of a structure. I've been to the sea forts. Are we talking about those? I don't know. You I've been to, to work some on sea the rigs. No, no, I went out to a sea fort in the middle of the... Uh, just about six miles off Whitstable Coast. And they were used to work for all the pirate radio stations were there. But previously to that, they were built by, I think, the Navy or something for, um, cross, you know, missiles and gun... To, and gun. <laughs> Stop. You're all right. It's just, uh, what is this? It's, <laughs> it's my, it's my it's attempt to be on the history, history, history channel. I, um, I am a Lord of Sealand, which is... Uh, you uh, are? Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I, uh, I interviewed a guy who's, who's, who, uh, whose father claimed this place. It had been a, a sort of military thing out in the sea, and the, and the bloke claimed it. And he, he made it a, a, um, a principality. You met the Lord of Sealand? Yeah. yeah. I thought you said you were the Lord of Sealand. No, no, I am a Lord of Sealand. Oh, this bloke is the absolute boss of Sealand. and He's I, the absolute I was given, boss? He is that gra- the level? Yeah, he granted absolute me... Absolute boss lord. He granted me lordship. <laughs> Interesting. Do you get a seat in the House of Lords with that, or is it just... A no, you don't. Thing? I asked him that, and... Uh, he looked at me. I, I think that's the place... <laughs> Some dismay. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I think on. that's the place that... Um, one of those big Swedish um, pir- like um, download sites. You know those really big d- download sites mm-hmm. on the internet? What are you talking about? They I've tried to buy... Swedish download they tried sites? To, they tried to buy... Swedish. Music. Music download. They tried to buy that island so that they could um what sealand sealand because it was didn't fall under any sort of jurisdiction so they would have freedom to make up their own rules or whatever mm. and the guy they said how much can we buy it for and i think they offered him like seven million or something and the guy was like it's 50 million and they were like screw that i don't Too know the dear. details but there was no I, I guessed you didn't know the details <laughs> <laughs> but why let that get in the way of retelling the story that's my motto <laughs> well yeah what 
I agree with that. The one thing I would say in this man's favour, the man who made the Satsuki, which mm. makes me think he's an alright bloke, is he's called Baumgartner, which is German for tree gardener. Isn't he also called Jean-Claude? Yeah, but that's all right. I just like the idea that there's a headline, Jean-Claude, damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> there must be a Jean-Claude Van Damme there's, there's headline got, in this story. But the Baumgartner, I love the idea of him tending trees, mending branches and... No, the tree also, the, the arch enemy of the skier, of course. <laughs> it's like that he's... I thought the avalanche pretty... was the arch enemy. No, I think they're all right with the... Uh, they're light, then. They're they? all right with the avalanche. They, I think uh, if you're light, that thought, can be a godsend. I thought um, the summer was the arch enemy of the skier. <laughs> again, yeah. again they're warm. fine with the summer. <laughs> I think it was Sonny Bono, wasn't it, who uh, skied into a tree and died? Was it? Hmm. Anyone who's a big uh, Sonny and Cher fan and didn't know that, I'm sorry I didn't break that more gently, but <laughs> I couldn't think of a diplomatic way around it that would still hold the attention of those that already knew. <laughs> what else? <laughs> I saw someone get dumped this week. Oh. Really well, badly. Was it a cat? And was Mary Bale involved? <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon, sorry. <laughs> The cat lived. Not enough Mary The cat lived, yeah, but... Yeah, the, cat, the cat lived at, at least once. When you say you saw someone get dumped, do you mean a surfer who was too high up and fell off, or...? Is that what they call it? I think they call it getting dumped, don't they? Surfers get dumped, yeah. Oh, gosh. But no. you don't mean that. You mean a relationship breakup. I was in a service but station just outside Oxford... Right. Mm. A couple on the Little table next to me. into the life of a comedian there. I was the listener. I was fag ending on a conversation. What's the word? Do you use that? Eavesdropping. Phrase? Eavesdropping on a conversation. Oh yeah. Very serious, good-looking couple. Oh really? Having the talk. It was very, very upsetting. She were, was were they at, close a, to at a plastic table like that in yeah, the cafe? Yeah. Oh. She was very close to tears. Oh. And he was explaining it, and it was an awful. I mean, absolutely awful. He was, was trying giving, his best. Was it giving sort of support and evidence as to why? Oh, is... no, it was like you know, it was one of those like it's not you, it's me, but it was clearly oh, uh, you know one of those that. things. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, what an awkward place to dump someone because the chances are you're both in the same car. So you're going to have to drive on... That journey is going to have to continue. I've Unless done that. I've, I've, I've done that journey. Have you? Oh, God, terrible. You did a service station break-up? No, but I've, do, I've, I've split up with uh, someone and then I've had to drive them the rest of the journey. And that's very difficult. The thing about services, you can usually get a 20 great break-up hits from the <laughs> shop. <laughs> yeah. No, what it's did you talk about? You don't talk about anything. You don't even put the right on because it seems disrespectful to the, uh, the the air of bereavement. So you're just driving otter, otter silence. Oh. Otter silence. Otter, otter. otter silence. <laughs> yeah. He's the lord of SeaWorld, isn't he? So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the stingrays <laughs> and the Frank otters. When Frank has silence, he has otter silence. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't want to talk. Advantage. Um, <laughs> no, it was, it's, it's a very awkward thing. And also getting dumped in the services. I, I, I couldn't trust myself being dumped that close to a pick and mix. I think I might go over the top. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, think... Have you got any bigger um, scoops? <laughs> It'd be, a, it'd be a double whammy for me because I'd be like, oh. "Oh no, I've been dumped. I really fancy a cup of tea. Three quid for a cup of tea." Yeah, exactly. But it was quite the double whammy. I don't know if you'd get over it. But then I was thinking about it. I thought maybe there is a logic to it because they're they're never really going to go back to that place. I mean, she could always and he could always avoid that service station. I well, mean, I I've don't been... know. That depends on petroleum spirit, highly inflammable. True. <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're on, if your lights on, yeah. you're going to have to stop. Whether whether it 
brings back heart. But you're only going to have to spend seven minutes tops there. Yeah, and about yeah, 40 quid. That's, that's enough that to wrench your heart out of its awnings. Yeah, but I've mm. been dumped in places that I really liked. You know, oh, I've yeah. gone to, ca- like, nice restaurants and cafes, and, oh. you know, nice places that I thought, you've just ruined this spot now for me. now they're drenched in sorrow. Yeah, now yeah. I can never go back there. Really? I mean, like, Do you yeah. think that? Oh, Bella, no. Bella I Pasta, the, uh, <laughs> just I off the Charing Cross Road, is ruined for me now. Really? No. Yeah. Oh, well, I've got a terrible food suggestion for after here. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, I um, I was once dumped by a woman, um, and, and without any... There was no place. I just She just uh, didn't turn up, didn't answer my phone calls. And, uh, and a friend of hers said she doesn't want to see you anymore. I asked what, you know, I asked the friend, and she said apparently um, she doesn't like tongy kissing. <laughs> <laughs> now that's something that we could have we could have cleared that up you know what I mean she could have driven you to a motorway service station had a chat about that yeah you could have had a cup of tea and and then carried on with your life yeah and I um, instead she became a missing person yeah I, that that's it's a crazy thing why not just say excuse or 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 excuse me I don't actually like the tongy kissing thing to be honest I I'm I wasn't that crazy about it myself. I don't think I thought I thought she'd expect it of me. Maybe she was using her tongue to push your tongue back in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe I wondered what that was. I thought it was uh, a a uh, langoustine. I know. Uh, <laughs> I nearly said espadrille. There, I had to stop myself. I know one girl who uh, who was with a bloke before he turned gay like he she was his last girlfriend before he was out as mm. it were and so i think it always sort of played upon her mind that she might have put him off women i wonder if there's a similar thing do you think you've put this girl off tonguey kissing forever well i mean who knows now i mean at the time it was relatively new I was, yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> oh, did you're it only a come in? Did it only come in in the seventies? <laughs> well, this was in the seventies, and I, there wasn't much of it about. I, I think I was, uh, I was a pioneer. Was it just that the moustache was more prevalent, and people were trying to lick their lips or something? <laughs> maybe I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I just remember hearing about it and thought, well, this is obviously the way to go forward. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. French kissing, of course. That's what it's called in the technical terms. Is it? French kissing. Is that French kissing? Yeah, with tongues, French kissing. Okay. But that's like um French trumpet playing, same principle. Yeah. Is that's corny, isn't it? The embrasure again. The embrasure. I think you're thinking of the French horn. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I that happened to me. I um I had a uh, very brief um I mean very brief relationship with a we're talking we're talking one night. And uh, and she afterwards with a with a woman who um then um turned gay immediately afterwards. Oh. Uh and I you know, so obviously friends pointed out to me, you know, it must have been so horrible that she thought never again. Friends, of course, with yeah. a certain glee. <laughs> My theory was, you know, her lying back and thinking, What well, I'm not gonna top that. Yeah. <laughs> this this cannot be bested. Yeah, I need I need to start a new chapter, but who knows? <laughs> but I remember we spoke about her ambitions. because, um, you know, she was fifty. No, she wasn't. No, she was she was about uh, twenty at a time when you know the world is, uh, you know, 
your oyster, as the sea lord would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, funnily enough, um, she said to me that one of our, ambi- our ambitions, you wanted to be a marine biologist. Next best thing, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, so I, I didn't feel bad about it. I felt, I felt happy that I was there at a, um, at a heterosexual farewell. Yeah. <laughs> her sending off party. Yeah. Heterosexual. <laughs> you were her sending off party. I, uh, I have to say, the heterosexual farewell be a great name for a pub. That would be <laughs> heterosexual farewell. <laughs> <laughs> Good name for a band. Well... Could happen. Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner.